Welcome to the Lonely Fans Podcast. I am Josh Anderson. This is episode 7. We are going to review Monster Energy Supercross Houston 2. It was an exciting race. It was a great race. It wasn't live on network TV or cable TV. The only way you could watch it live was the Peacock app. I don't know how I feel about that just because I would prefer it to be live but it, because it's Tuesday Supercross, but it's what we got. I had no issues with the app. I have some issues with, with the NBC Sports Gold app on my Amazon TV. I, sometimes it would just the quality. I don't know if it was just because I have an old Amazon stick and I need to get a new Fire Stick. So we'll see when I get a new one. But until Peacock is on the Amazon Fire Stick, I'm kind of screwed. But either way, here's the review. First up, we have Eli Tomac. He won the event. After 13th in round one, everyone was asking, is, is, this, is this it for him? Is this it for Eli Tomac? It was not. Uh, he got a extremely rare uh, good start, and I think that's what really propelled him to winning last night. I, I really don't believe if he got a po- another poor start, I don't think he really would have maybe won the event, and that's what really helped him. And if he wants to win a championship, those are the type of starts that are going to help him win. And that's something that he needs to do. Uh, Eli tends to struggle with the starts. It's been documented. The best start I've ever seen him have was the 2018 round one opener. To be honest with you, I think this is the earliest he's ever won in Supercross. I think uh, the Triple Crown race in 2018 when he came back from the shoulder injury, I think maybe that might have been his earliest win. Outside of that, Supercross, this might be his earliest victory. Uh, when it comes to Eli, he he made up a lot of points because of a penalty that was just announced. I'll get to that in a little bit. But in terms of Eli, he, his speed was good. Now, Chase Sexton and Adam Cincerello, I think, were going way too fast. I think Tomac had, like, the perfect speed where he wasn't pushing it too much. And if you look at his lap times, he had the third fastest lap of the race. So his speed was there. It was it was, just wasn't as fast as Adam or Chase, and I will get to them later. But for Eli, he made back his points. He's only six down in the championship. Actually, after the penalties, hang on two seconds. Actually, after the penalties, he's only four off the championship. So he is in perfect place to come back. Now, last year outdoors, he had the multiple DNFs, and he looked to be out of it. Now, this race, like I said, if he didn't get the start, I didn't believe he was going to have the opportunity to win the race. But since he got the start... He had the speed. If this is the formula he can do the rest of the season, he's going to win the championship without a problem. It's just he has never been able to be the type of rider to get these type of starts. Also, since he's always been a slow starter in the Supercross season, if he can knock off a couple of these early season wins, he's going to be fine because He's going to have Indianapolis, which is more ruddy tracks. He's going to be in Orlando. And then he's going to be in Daytona. Once he gets to Daytona, he's going to win. Now, it's going to be interesting to see what type of Atlanta tracks are going to be. If the Atlanta tracks are going to be more like Daytona tracks in terms of length. 
that's going to be more of Tomac tracks. If they're going to be more like a regular Supercross track, I don't know. But if they're going to be longer style of tracks, those are going to favor him. So you can just knock off those are going to be four wins for Tomac. So he's going to make up four wins there. So it's going to be interesting to see what the field does for Tomac. Either way, this was a great point swing for there. But the reason why he got the win was because I fully believe Chase Sexton and Adam Cincerello were kind of going a little too fast. Um, first of all, speaking of the track and going too fast, another short track last night. The lap times were in the 41 to 42 second ratio. That is just too short for a Supercross track. I, I don't know what Feld is doing. I understand that some riders don't like sand and everything, and if they didn't have the sand portion in there, the track could have been in the 30s, but I'm just like, if you're going to have a Supercross track, like I said in the stadiums in my previous podcast, the track has to be in the 52nd ratio, or 52nd um, time frame, or to a minute. Now, I understand that we're not going to be in a baseball stadium this year, but for holy God's sake, we got to at least get up to 50 seconds in the lap times because 30 laps in the Supercross is just way too much on the track because the track is just going to break down. Luckily, the Texas dirt doesn't break down like it will in Indy because if you do 30 laps in the Indy track, that's going to get scary. Just saying. So last night, Chase Sexton, while leading the race, six laps in, Gets a little cross rutted in the sand, uh, gets ejected, and lands on his back. Looks like he maybe hurt his wrist. Don't know what the condition is at the moment. Hopefully he'll be all right. He'll probably miss a few races. Hopefully he doesn't miss the entire rest of the season. He's probably going to be sore. I'm guessing just eye test. Maybe he'll be back in the Orlando rounds. Uh, and then uh, a few laps later, Adam Cincerello goes down in the same section he just kind of goes down the wheel for adam he didn't get hurt or anything it was just more of he just does his little tip over like he normally does when he's doing well adam if he wants to win a championship he has to stop going down that's just it's just so silly tip overs that are going to cost him points and that those are the type of things that are going to prevent him from winning a super crash championship let alone this year but to future seasons but those two went down and that led Tomac to win the championship now the one rider that was showing great speed was Zach Osborne Zach Osborne around one crashed and was dead last and he went up to 12 or sorry 10th place well this round uh he actually got the lead or second place down to about 1.6 seconds Tomac actually increased his speed. So I don't know if Tomac was just in cruise mode trying to maintain. But once he saw Osborne charging, Tomac was able to increase his speed. So I'm not really concerned that Tomac was like, oh, he doesn't have the speed or anything. But either way, Osborne was showing great speed. But the thing is, the one thing that Osborne does in Supercross, which he doesn't seem to make in Motocross, is mistakes. And Osborne did make mistakes, and he went down, and he finished in 10th place again. This is one of the reasons why I have a hard time picking Zach Osborne for the championship. So, as I said, uh, Zach Osborne got 10th. 
and he let more points go up for the championship. Now, because of all the penalties and everyone else, he did not exactly lose a lot of points in the championship. But starting the season off with two tenths is not the way Zach Osborne needs to if he wants to try to win a championship. Moving on, another surprise second place was Dylan Ferrandez. Uh, he benefited from a lot of riders not doing as well. He did show some speed. Uh, I was extremely impressed with the way he, especially in the heat race, uh, he showed that uh, with working with DV, he can ride the whoops, and that actually did well. And if you watch the heat race, he was able to track down Marvin Muscan and pass him, which shows that he, he basically showed what a French rider can do in the whoops, and that was kind of funny. And he showed that Marv has never been able to impress at all, or sorry, improve at all in the whoops. So for Dylan, it's going to be more about to see if he can keep improving. I don't, I, I just don't see a win coming this season for Dylan. I think the second was more about just the way it kind of fell. If you look at third place, Justin Brayton, I th honestly, you know, even though Justin Brayton, his starts have been extremely great this year. Now, Justin Brayton, two starts in a row. I don't even remember the last time this happened. Maybe 2016, 2015 for Justin Brayton, uh, getting into him too. For Dylan, for him, it's going to be about just building until next year two, year three, even though that he is the same age age group as Ken Rocks and Marvin Muscan and Jeffrey Herlings, even though he's in the GPs. It's going to be more about to see if uh, he can grow into a title contender this season i just don't see it a win has to fall into the grasp of getting a great start and tomac webb roxon and all the good great guys have to get the worst starts ever then maybe a win can happen but good for dylan and getting a second place third place as i said justin brayton great for him and the muck off honda team uh, it was just great to see it. Uh, first time podium since he won Daytona in 2018. Uh, I didn't think, I, I, I honestly didn't think he was going to get third place. I thought maybe Cooper Webb was going to pass him, but that didn't happen at all. Uh, he was able to hold Webb off. This is probably going to be the highlight of Brayton's season, unless he can hold up on the uh, getting the starts. But that Honda is looks to be great for even more of on the production side or sorry on the stock side. I, I understand they're going to have some non-stock components on there, but it's he seems to be doing well on the Australian team. He appears to be happy, and that's great for him. Justin Braden is a fan favorite favorite, and he's going to be 37 soon. We don't know how much longer we're going to have him on the circuit, so as long as he's out there, just enjoy him out there. And we all know Weege loves him. Fourth place was Cooper, Cooper Webb. Uh, this was the first time a Cooper Webb sighting, and it took to the end of the main event to even see him. I still don't see much of Cooper Webb. The heat race was non-existent. Qualifying was not good. And, I mean, Cooper Webb showed signs, but he's still not getting starts. And, I don't know. 
we'll see. I uh, he passed Roxon, but like I said, this is Roxon's coming off of a great race on Saturday, and these in between we, we, these in between races were always going to be Roxon's weakness. Now coming up, it, when he gets more rest on Saturday, I expect to see a little bit more energetic Ro, uh, Roxon. So we'll see. But for Cooper Webb, I. I I just watched, um, I'm a little behind on uh, watching the all the videos from the first week. So Daniel Blair was making some comments about how faster tracks aren't really Webb's uh, rub strength. And I made comments in my preview podcast that Cooper Webb doesn't really have the raw speed of Tomac or AC. And I'm just like, well, that's why... All these people that were trying to predict that Cooper Webb is going to be the champion, and I'm like, I, I can't go there because we are we're going to have too many fast tracks this year because we're going to have, like I said, multiple or at least one Daytona. We're going to have multiple Atlantas, and I, like I said, I got to see how the Atlantas. But if it's going to be at a speedway, they're going to be more longer tracks, so most likely. So with that said, I just have a hard time seeing Cooper Webb being the Supercross champion this year. And we'll see. But like I said, the fourth place is better than last week. And at least he showed some fight over Ken Roxon. Ken Roxon got fifth. Now this is where we start getting to the penalties. Uh, Ken Roxon, Vince Freeze, Martin Davalos, and Jason Anderson. Now there's going to be some controversy. Uh, Ken Roxon already posted on his Instagram that he's extremely disappointed in the decision. But when Chase Sexton crashed, there was, you can watch it on uh, some YouTube videos and stuff now, but uh, when uh, Chase Sexton crashed, uh, the Red Cross flag did not go out right away. There were just some yellow flags. Tomac went through, and then after he went through, the Red Cross flag came out, and suddenly some riders kept jumping and other riders did not. Now, Roxon did look back and tried to single. I mean, when the Red Cross flag goes out, you're not allowed to jump. You're supposed to single all the way through. Either way, Roxon did jump, and a few other riders, as I just mentioned, did. So those riders were penalized. Uh, they weren't. Now, after the Ryan Dungey debacle in 2016, which took a win away, they changed the rules where you're not docked positions, you're just docked points. So what Roxon was trying to make the point of in his Instagram post, which he should have maybe just been fined and not taken points away. Well, for Roxon, he was subtracted four points. So he is no longer going to be the points leader. Uh, that is going to be returned to Justin Barsha. So Barsha will have a one-point points lead over Dylan Fernandez, who will now be second in the points. So Roxon got fifth. Either way, Roxon now, this the midweek races are going to be his weakness. Uh, I, I just don't think his fitness level is going to be able to maintain. There's only going to be a few midweek races in the year, but if he's able to at least get fifth, he's going to be okay. The problem he's going to have is if Tomac is not going to get the 10th places. Tomac can have one 10th place in the year. So if this weekend, if Tomac wins again, then the rest of the field is in trouble. But 
Roxon did not have a good start. He uh, he actually honestly I don't he qualified tenth. He didn't really honestly he didn't really didn't really have a great qualifying at all. On a start he was fourteenth. He rode up to fifth, which is great. But if you're trying to beat a Tomac, which he's has the third fastest lap in the race, that's not going to get it done. And Roxon knows this. And the Honda. Is a good starting bike, so we should get up there. So we'll have to see in the next Houston race. Now, the next Houston round three, the start is going to be much shorter. So if you don't get a good jump, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So for a starter like Eli, who tends to not get a good jump, it's going to be a harder on him. But if, like, for example, if Tomac were to get a good jump, well, then if Roxon doesn't, well, it could be an interesting next week. Marvin Musan got sixth after getting third in round one. It was a quiet day. He didn't get penalized or anything. Still gained three points on Roxon because of the penalty. Um, not much to say on Marvin. Just uh, another top ten finish. Just, uh, I, it just, it's just one of those things about Marvin where you expect more, but then like he got third, and you're like, oh, maybe he's gonna do something, and then it's just a third. Uh, then we look at Malcolm Stewart with another top 10 finish. He got 7th, I thought, after the, uh, you know, people were expecting, oh, maybe something better, but no, he just got 7th. Jason Anderson still with a disappointing 8th. I, I don't know what's going on there. Um, people are still going to question what's going on with leaving Alden Baker, but I don't know if it's that, but another quiet 8th. Now, Justin Barsha got ninth he like i said he will retain the points lead after the questionable uh reduction in the points penalties but justin barsha he won the heat race looked great again and then looked to be something wrong in the main event after he crossed the finish line he was looking down at the bike the report last night was maybe a shifter or something we'll have to wait and see what that was with Justin Barsha, he's going to have to do better no matter what, even though the bike problem, he's going to have to do better than ninth place. Uh, when you're when you're going up against Eli, you can't have these ninth place finishes. That's honestly going to be your detriment to your championship. And these are the type of things that tend to happen to Justin Barsha. And these where he has great starts to the year, where he, like the last two years, He's won the opening rounds, and then he's nowhere to be seen the rest of the season. And, well, let's just see if he's able to buck that trend. But right now, what happens? He's ninth. I already, I already talked about Zach Osborne. He got 10th. Uh, Dean Wilson, 11th place. Quiet, didn't really do much. Adam Cincerello could have won the race if he didn't crash, but uh, he finished 12th. Brock Tickle got 13th. He got improvement from round one. Kyle Chisholm, 14th. Chiz is going to Chiz. Way to go, Kyle Chisholm. Uh, he rode his way in the heat races. Uh, way, way to go on a stock Yamaha. That is so impressive to even... I just... How does that say, like, Vince Freezy, Plessinger, Hartraft? I mean, you, when you're on a complete stock bike and you're beating these guys and you're getting 14th, that is just out astonishing to me. Uh, Vince Freezy had an interesting 
day, to say the least. Uh, last week, it was getting into it with Eli Tomac. This week, uh, he crashed. He, for, well, let's just say the bike almost, he, he the bike went off. He Basically, he, the, the bike just shot off in the air. And luckily, Dylan Ferrandez was paying attention enough to, for the bike didn't hit him. Then uh, he couldn't get the bike going. He had to go through the LCQ. He, he won, I believe he won that. And then uh, after that, he uh, didn't really do much in the main, got 15th. Uh, Plessinger, after having a great round one, did not have a great round two, got 16th. 17th, Brandon Hartraft, he had to go through the LCQ, but you know, getting 17th is an improvement for him. Alex Ray, because of a few DNFs, got 18th. That's great for him. Uh, that's two for two, the best start to his career, getting into the uh, main events. Uh, Benny Bloss got into the main here. I thought that maybe he would do better getting into the main after last night, last week, and that did not happen. Uh, Martin Davalos had a rough main event, got 20th. Uh, Joey Savacci also had a rough main event. He crashed um, um, on the start straight. He got 21st. And then, like I said, Chase Sexton went down hard hit. Probably will miss a few races. The points lead as we go for the 450 class will be Justin Barsha with 40 points. Dylan Ferrandez is one away. Justin Barsha is two down. Marvin Muscan is also tied for... Oh, he's realistically tied for... Uh, third with two down, and then Ken Roxon's fifth. Tomac is sixth. Uh, Malcolm Stewart is seventh. Cooper Webb is eighth. Adam Cincerello is ninth. And Zach Osborne is tenth. It's going to be a tight, tight battle here for the 450 championship. This is probably the closest I've ever seen the championship, but, and the penalties have a lot to do with it. We, we shall see how the season progresses. Uh, hopefully the the guys keep it close, but I have a feeling if Tomac, you know, I was down on him round one, but if he finds his starts the rest of the season, it could be a long way. But Osborne also showed some speed, so we'll have to see if he can put it together. But as I said, I just have a hard time believing that. Uh, let's get to the 250s. Uh, Jet Lawrence. Good for him. Uh, he corrected a lot of the mistakes from last week. Uh, Jet showed speed. He showed the start. He got the whole shot. And he dominated the 22-lap main event. Uh, there's nothing like, no negatives I can say about his main event. Uh, it was probably, it, it's his first win of his career. And it could slingshot him to title hopes. I, I don't know if that's going to. Uh, there's a lot of holes in this game. As I said in my preview show, I think he was going to win multiple races this year, but I felt that he was going to fall short to the Austin Forkner. But we shall see. I'll talk to Forkner here. I'll talk about Forkner here in a little bit. But for Jet Lawrence, getting multiple race wins and maybe stealing a championship could be the way this year. But he's, I, I don't know if he can consistently get whole shots. We'll have to see about him. But he does have speed. He does have flow. And he is does have the personality that Feld is looking for. Colt Nichols got second place. A lot of people can't kind of forget about him because he, he keeps getting injured every year. 
So that is a knock on him. During the 2019 season, he was battling Austin Forkner and Dylan Ferrandez for the championship. He was a points leader, but he kept getting hurt. Uh, this this race, he actually passed Christian Craig. So he's only three points behind Craig in the championship now. Colt does have a great chance. The one weakness he has out of the first two races is the starts. Uh, during his 2019 year, when he actually had an opportunity to win the championship, starts he was was on point. So I don't know what's going on uh, this year. He did make a point of emphasis that he did gain muscle and weight in the press conference. So uh, I don't know, but the Star Yamaha bikes are usually good. So I don't know. If you look at Dylan Fernandez in the 250, he did have a difficulty with starts. I don't know if that has anything to do with Colt, but we'll have to see. Christian Craig got third, so he'll maintain the points. Um, you know, getting passed by your teammate is not a good look. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a fan of the way of his comments from everybody going against him and everything. The fact that the fact that matter is, Christian, you are 29 years old. You... you I understand that you did quit motocross for or, and supercross for a while, and you came back. Uh, you've had ample opportunities, but you haven't. So I think if you just calm it down a little bit and just be positive that you are doing well, but if you start kind of going downhill, your people that you say that are against you are going to keep going up against you. So can we just calm it down just just a titch, please? Just a titch. I, I just I I just get bugged about that. But Michael Mosman got fourth place. It was extremely quiet fourth place. Uh, he won his heat race because um, uh, there was a few mistakes from the rider before him having a brain fart on who that was. But uh, Michael Mosman won his heat race. He got fourth in this race uh, after going down in round one. With colliding with um, a lapped rider, you know, this is the best thing for him. I think with Michael Moseman, it'd be nice for him to get a start and maybe see what happens. But when um, RJ Hampshire keeps getting the starts, so it's going to be hard for him to do that. Uh, Joe Shimoda got another top five. That's great for him. Uh, like I said, moving over from Honda, getting, getting that extra ride. Uh, Mitch has to be happy with the way Joe Shimoda is riding this year. He's showing speed. Um, and then we get to Mr. Austin Forkner. Uh, Austin Forkner should have gotten second place this race. Uh, but as when he was coming into the corner, he got collided with RJ Hampshire. Now, I know RJ Hampshire is a little to blame on why they went down because RJ was trying to cut down. I don't know if RJ kind of heard Austin and he was trying to prevent the pass. Um, RJ has a tendency to get into trouble with riders himself. So I think there is a 50-50 blame pie for both these guys. But either way, Austin has to be smarter than what he is doing. Austin is the best rider in his class and he has the most wins. But he is now fourth in the points and he's seven behind Christian. So Saturday night, I'm looking at him, and he needs to win the race. Uh, he should have won the last two championships, and there are no excuses for him, and the pressure is going to build on him. 
I am an Austin Forkner fan. I would like him to win the championship this year. And then I'm looking at Jet Lawrence to win the next two after that. But if Austin keeps doing this, he's not going to win a championship and move on to the 450 class, and that's going to cost him a lot of money. So it's extremely frustrating to watch Austin Forkner. And you can see the social media, and you can tell he pays attention to it too. And you can tell his girlfriend does too. It's just people want to see him succeed, but he keeps making stupid mistakes. Now, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's a bike. The new bike seems to be a little bit of an issue with starting. Now, I know Christian is a good starter, and I know Jet is a solid starter. I I, I don't know, but I've seen Joe Shimoda around or get good starts. So if Austin can figure out the starts, maybe he can win. But the problem is, is with Austin, if you're starting in these bad starting positions, you're not going to catch up to Jet. You're not going to catch up to Christian. So you're starting. And also, even if, I, I mean, last night, in, or yeah, last night, you actually had a good opportunity to stay with Jet, but you made a mistake and you let Oldenburg and RJ behind you, or I mean, ahead of you. So we'll see about where that goes the rest of the year. Oldenburg got a quiet seventh place. Uh, he was battling with Max Boland. Uh, for Max Boland, as I said in the last podcast, uh, he got uh, another solid top 10. RJ Hampshire, uh, he, when he collided with Forkner, went out, like, I think he all went all the way down to like 20th place. But he battled back all the way up to 9th. That pretty much uh, saved his season for the points because right now he has 32. That puts him 15 down. I mean, I understand it's a short series, but 15 down is not insurmountable. It just means that his room for error is down to nothing, and he needs to at least get podiums and wins for the rest of the year. Osby is in 10th place. Sorry, sorry. Osby got 10th place. Uh, He's having a – he had a better round two than round one. Uh, John Short got 11th. Thomas Doe got 12th. Jeremy Hand got 13th. Hunter Sales got 14th. Luke Ness got 15th. Grant Harlan, 16th. Joshua Verares got 17th. Logan Carnow, 18th. The only thing I'm going to say about Logan is he's kind of having a little bit of a disappointing year. I thought Carnow would be higher on this list, but I, I don't know what's going on with Logan. Maybe he didn't have that much of a good offseason. Uh, Dylan Woodcock got 19th. Devin Simonson got 20th. Kern Thurman got 21st, and TJ Albright got 22nd. So for the 250 points lead, it's Christian Craig has got the three-point points lead over Colt Nichols. Nichols, uh, with the point uh, with the win last night, Jet Lawrence is now third, and he is only four points behind Christian Craig, and Austin Forkner is seven points behind Christian Craig. The championship will go between those four riders. I I don't think Joe Shimoda, Michael Mosman, or RJ Hampshire have a shot for the championship. You never know, honestly. But between the top four of the points, I do believe Austin Forkner will still win this championship. I, I don't think Christian Craig will be able to hold up. Colt Nichols will injure himself somehow. And Jet will make mistakes, so... I think Austin Forkner, once he gets his win, which hopefully will be on Saturday, 
and that will be his starting point. Uh, when looking at the track map, the rest uh, of your Houston three, uh, it's going to be an interesting... We'll see how this track... It looks to be much more of a longer track. Yeah, for, so when looking at the track map for the round three, the uh, as I said earlier, the starter is in more in the middle of the track. It's going to be a shorter start and going to go to the right, and it's going to go to the middle of the lane, and there is a longer sand section, it looks like, and it's going to be a sand section with a double-double. So it's going to be, hopefully... A longer track with about 50 to 55 second lap times one could only hope it's gonna be interesting to see if Eli Tomac can be able to win again if anybody else can maintain if Justin Barsha can rebound and if the point reduction for Ken Roxon energizes him by any of means so hopefully we'll see this great racing on Saturday I just want to thank everybody for keep listening to my podcast. Uh, we'll see you next week.